0: And then someone dies one winter and i don't even know if it's the horse or the girl because i've never <laughs> even wanted to go on a deep dive of the lyrics to figure out i think it's the girl but it could be the horse i don't know and it, it, either way it's terrible and they're calling wildfire <laughs> over and over again hello world is a song that we're singing come on get happy a
1: whole lot of love is what we'll be bringing We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who wore their lip gloss around their necks and their perfume pinned to their shirts.
2: We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition.
0: And today, we'll be saving the sad, and depressing songs of our childhoods. Grab some tissues. We'll wait. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists.
2: My child arrived just the other day. He came world in the usual way but there were planes to catch and bills to pay he learned to walk while i was away and he was talking for i knew it and as he grew he'd say i'm gonna
0: don't let it like be you. true yeah. are oh, you guys crying yes yes like good because today's episode is all about the songs of our childhood that made us cry and still do which is actually a fairly large percentage of them. <laughs> Oh, no doubt. What is it about so much of the music of the 70s that instantly gives us a lump in our throats or a twisty feeling in our tummies or makes us feel like nothing matters, life is worthless, and we're all about to die? (laughs) I actually, it's true. I actually did a little research and discovered that one theory says the devastating testaments to inner sadness and rage in the music of the late 60s to mid-70s could be due to Vietnam. Or the rise in recreational heroin use? Or just the nosediving economy? Who knows? What we do know, though, is that if you ever need a song about teen suicide, drug use, lovers who leave or die, solitude, murder, having really low self-esteem, all you need to do <laughs> is queue up a 70s playlist. I wow. always
2: think of these songs as the songs I want to sing at karaoke, but I can't. my throat gets all choked up. And I
1: can't finish song. Oh, gosh, I know. And I was doing a little research, too, before this episode. And um, one of the things that I read was that our brains, when we're in um, like from four, well, 12 to 20, are developing so quickly. And music um, release when we listen to music, it releases um, serotonin and dopamine. So while that's going through our brains, as we're listening, our brains are also um, forming. Uh, at a greater speed than other times in our lives. So these songs that we're hearing are actually, yeah. they're grooved in more because of the neuroscience stuff that's happening at that point in our lives.
2: And you think about how, okay, so a lot of these songs are very they have a melancholy sound. It's not just the lyrics. There are lots of lyrics that are very sad, but some of them just have a very melancholy sound. And that sort of lines up with where we are in adolescence, mm-hmm. in middle school, and high school, when we don't know who we are or do we fit in? That's a song from fame. Um, <laughs> do we fit in? Um, and I don't know if there's an equivalent today. Is there? Are there melancholy songs that our teenagers can like curl up in their blankets and cry over? I don't know.
0: I feel like they're different. I feel like today they're more angsty than,
2: yeah, that's than melancholy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: I just feel like for me, it's, it's not just, it's, it's almost like this perfect storm of these songs are this perfect storm of melt, like sad and, or depressing lyrics, melancholy melodies, but also it's a nostalgia factor. They were sad when I was younger, but. A lot of them are different now that I'm older because they're nostalgic in a way, and sometimes I don't even know why. I don't know why that song makes me cry. Is it? Um, is it just a time in history that you know that I'm remembering, um, or what it is? But I feel like there's a huge nostalgia fac- factor that plays a part in the emotional in the and the emotional connection we have to so many of these songs.
2: Nostalgia alone. I would say the number one descriptor of how nostalgia makes you feel is bittersweet,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, right? Exactly. And so
2: that's what these songs can be triggering in you, even if it's a not if it's not a sad song. It's a bittersweet feeling that makes you feel a little bit happy and a little bit sad.
0: Yeah, there's we and we all have them. So we all have. I think one thing that um, we know is that when we ask anybody. Um, you know, what's a song that makes you cry or what's something that's sad. We all have songs that instantly come to mind. Um, but before we deep dive into a list for all of you who are listening to add to your I'm not crying, you're crying playlist, we thought each of us would share the top two songs from our childhoods that have always made us cry, either inexplicably or with really good reason. You guys ready?
2: Yeah. Who's going first? Okay. Who? I don't know. One of you. You are. Okay. Okay. I will go first. So my first selection was written in Minnesota in late winter, early spring on a dreary, gray, and slushy day. And the songwriter says, you want to get outside again and you're waiting for that sun to shine and you remember how just the sun itself can make you feel good. And in that very melancholy frame of mind, I wrote, sunshine on my shoulders. (sighs) That was written in Minnesota? Yes! Yes! We know exactly what he's talking about, right? That feeling of sun on your face. And so I have a personal connection to this as well. Of course, the song itself, just the sound of it alone, is very melancholy. But I have a personal connection to it because the song was the number one hit in 1974. And um, I was a flower girl in my aunt's wedding. And at the reception... This was the song they used for the first <gasps> Yes! Oh, yeah. They're on the edge, like everybody else, watching the bride and groom swaying back and forth to sunshine on my shoulders. And I suddenly start to cry. Oh. I'm just crying. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm crying. I didn't understand. I was so confused as to why I was crying. And my aunt came over to me and she she bends down. She crouches down in her white wedding dress. And she explains to me that sometimes we cry even when we're happy.
0: And it's also the memory though, Tide, it's the song for mm-hmm. sure, yeah. but it's being at that wedding. Yeah. I don't know if you were the same way I was, but when I, I never got, I, I think the first wedding I went to, I was like a teenager. Like that was my dream in life was to be a flower girl or just to go to a wedding. Yeah. And so I'm imagining you there filled with emotion, not just because of the beautiful song, but because you're this little, what you said, 74. I was, I was five. Yeah. And you're also just filled with maybe the first realization of how like this beautiful love and this wedding and it's all meshing together with this song it and it just comes out of your eyes. That's exactly <laughs> what it all came <laughs> from
2: my eyes. It was, yeah, it was a lot for a five-year-old to take. And it was a complete surrounding of of people who loved you, right? My dad. Um, did the music, and uh, my brother was the ring bearer next to me, and my grandma was the mother of the bride. Right, it was it was a lot of emotion to take in for a little five year old.
0: Mm-hmm. And to this day, when you hear that song, you probably feel that in some in some capacity
2: oh, again. Absolutely.
0: Oh man. That's, and then also in
2: the two thousand biopic of the John Denver story starring Chad Lowe. Remember Chad Lowe? They use sunshine on my shoulders. I'm doing this with my hand like an airplane flying. They use sunshine on my shoulders when Chad Lowe slash John Denver takes out his new glider for a test flight. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, you guys, Uh-oh. he died. This is the glider in which he died. He crashes on that flight taking his new glider.
0: Ah, oh, good. Why yeah.
1: did I think he died yeah. in a
0: helicopter crash? I so- thought he died skiing. No, that's Sonny Bono. (laughs) Oh, right, right, right.
2: (laughs) Which is why I can't ski, because I'm afraid I'm going to ski into a tree like Sonny Bono. I'm afraid I'm going to like Natasha Richardson.
0: Mm -hmm. I adored.
2: Yeah. That one hit hard. I'm Mm -hmm. done with skiing. Okay, so um, here's just another little tidbit about Sunshine on My Shoulders. We live by a lake, and when Liam was two, I was walking to the lake with him in a stroller. Yes, Liam is consent. Thank you. (laughs) Um, My translator. And as we're walking down the hill toward the lake, the sun is shining, and it's and the sun is dancing on the water, and it's sparkling, and it's so beautiful. And Liam says, "Sunshine on the water looks so lovely."
0: No, he and did I said,
2: not. "Oh yeah, buddy, it really does, doesn't it?" And he says, "Sunshine in my eyes
0: can make <laughs> me cry." I was <laughs> like, oh, "Wait, are you quoting John Denver?" <gasps> He was. He's, so sweet. he's channeling yeah. John Denver. Are you sure that the yeah. spirit of John Denver, Denver doesn't live in your son? He might. Yeah,
2: he might. Well, he's a musician. He has the same glasses. Like right now at this moment in time, he has little John Denver glasses. And he's a musician. Yeah, and he's and a musician. He, yeah. Oh, you guys are kind of
0: scaring me now. Mm-hmm. Wait till he gets oh, bangs. Oh, God. <laughs>
2: Except he has a big blonde afro. So I don't think that would not
0: work. <laughs> okay. Okay. Moving on. Okay. That's oh, yes. excellent. Karen's I love that turn. one. Okay. Carolyn, Carolyn, what is your top, one of your top two songs? Top songs is
1: Lonely Boy by Andrew Gold. <sighs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Oh, wow. And I will tell you this song, which is different from the one I'll share later, is um, I was sad and it puts a lump in my throat because of the narrative of the song. So, Much like a story or a book, I pictured this in my mind as the verses and the lyrics went on. And it is a super sad song about this boy who, you know, he was born in the summer of 1951, our first line of the song. Um, And we are told how he's an only child. And uh, then he talks about in the summer of 53, his mother brought him a sister. And he ran down the hall and he cried because how could his parents have lied They told him, or they said he was an only son. He thought he was the only one. I have a vision of that poor boy running down a hallway, much like my hallway in my little ranch in Houston, Texas, house. But um, With jammies on,
2: with jammies. Yeah,
1: my my heart ached. And then he says later on in the song how he left home on a winter day, 1969, and he hoped to find all the love he had lost in that earlier time.
2: (laughs) I'm laughing, <laughs> but I'm laugh crying.
1: It just oh. when you're in, you're young, and you hear that, and you just imagine like this boy, and his parents don't love him anymore, and the sister came along, and she
2: took it all. And um, this anyway. is where therapy comes from because this is Hello. where uh, where parents can be like, "What are you talking about? You had the best childhood in the world." And the therapist is trying to dig and dig and dig and dig, and he's like, "Well." They brought home my baby sister, and then I thought they didn't love me anymore. And his parents are like, "How could you think that? We never said that." And he's like, "Well, you didn't have to say it. I just thought it." Exactly. exactly. I was just his parents.
0: His parents were probably like, um, so supportive of him becoming, you know, like a songwriter. And then he starts writing <laughs> shit like that, and they're like, oh, uh, wait a minute." <laughs>
1: well, it's so interesting because he says none of this is autobiographical. It just, you know, came oh. to him. Yeah, well, right. so wow. guess what? He was born in August 1951, first line of our song. Mm-hmm. I was born, born on in a summer, the summer day, of 1951. 1951. Right. And then guess what? His sister was born in real life in July 1953. In the summer oh. of mm-hmm. his mother brought him a sister. Let's okay. mm-hmm. just, you know, it's almost. Yeah, I call bullshit. Yeah, as do as I. <laughs> so, although he st- stuck to his guns until 2011 because he's. Tragically died, and he was only 59. I had to squeeze that in.
2: He died? Yes. Isn't that sad? Oh, that is But sad. I'll
1: tell you a couple of fun Andrew Gold facts is that um, if we don't already know, he also wrote, um, at the time it wasn't a theme song to a sitcom, but Thank You for Being a Friend Thank is one for- of his oh, things he's known for. Although when he recorded it, it wasn't much of a hit. It didn't make, really make a splash of any kind, but obviously saw this resurgence even though it was some studio voice or whatever, like vocalist uh, sang it for the theme song for Golden Girls. He didn't sing it, but it brought that song back and it was played mm-hmm. on the radio and it kind of got a new popularity.
2: I'm happy and for Andrew cool. Gold about that.
1: Yes. And you know what else he wrote, which I thought was really interesting and sang the title song to Mad About You. The I just
0: started rewatching that. Yes. I that can't was remember Gold. that song. It goes, yeah. um, Oh my gosh. You guys sure. have been I watching know, it. It's sure. on Hulu and they redid it. Um, yeah. I side did. note, but like that was that. one of my favorite shows. My, my I husband's favorite shows when we were first like mm-hmm. together and married. Oh. So funny. And then they redid it last year. Not as funny, but still yeah. kind of fun to go back and revisit it. Plus Helen Hunt's had a little work done and it's kind of obvious. So oh. it's really distracting. Um, but yeah, oh, so I'll, I'll put, put it tell in. Tell me video. why I love you like I do. Tell you me know. who can stop my heart as much as you. Take each other's hands as we jump into the final frontier. <laughs> I'm mad about you, baby. That's such a great fact. Fun fact, Carolyn. I love that. I did not know that.
1: One more fun fact about the song, Lonely Boy, because um, I thought this was super interesting. Um, It was played, so Rolling Stone magazine said that one of the most, 30 most poignant scenes of a rock and roll song being used in a movie is when Lonely Boy is played during a scene in Boogie Nights. You no, know, I had never seen Boogie Nights until I read that, and I watched Boogie Nights another last one night. Of these. Which another aside is that it is a great 70s soundtrack. If you want to yeah. hear a lot of seventy songs in the background and watch Boogie Nights, but there's a scene um, in Boogie Nights where that plays in the background, yeah. um, and it's a scene with um, Marky Julian Mark War, and it's when you realize that. Well, I don't want to give it away. Anyway, it's a little snippet, but it uses that song in such a way that it tells so much of a story Mm. in this little minute of, um, if that, of the movie. So poignant that Rolling Stone named it one of the 30 most effective. Mm. I was
0: just about to say, but let's be, but, you know, full disclosure. Carolyn, did you pause (laughs) during Boogie Nights when. Which part? Marking Mark reveals. His Marky Mark. His Marky <laughs>
1: Mark. <laughs> and, there's so, and there's so many good people in that movie, too. It's wow. a, it's a fun, fun movie. I was l- reading the cast, and I thought, mm-hmm.
0: wow. Okay, so top of my list, easy, easy, easy number one song for me, top of my list, is Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks. And I know that it's at the top of a lot of people's lists. But listen, when your name is Michelle, <laughs> it gets a hell of a lot differently. <laughs> Especially you guys when you're just a little girl and you think the man singing it is calling you his little one and he's telling you it's hard to die. Oh god And you guys I was the little Michelle who gave love and helped him find the son. Oh god, Michelle. <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't bear you guys are both crying.
2: You guys I never I considered that. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I have to interrupt you. It never occurred to me you're Michelle.
0: Wow. 1974. Okay. So I was five years old when that song was played all the time on the radio. And you guys, goodbye, Michelle, it's hard to die. No, goodbye, Michelle, my little one is the first thing he says, you gave me love and helped me find the sun. And every time that I was down, you would always come around and get my feet back on the ground. Goodbye, Michelle, it's hard to die. And you guys, to me, it was like someone was saying goodbye to me. And it was mm-hmm. like, it. I always felt like it was like my mom I would imagine in my head that it was my mom because I was that little Michelle that was like the sunshine and the like brightening up the day and you know, and and it just it just hit differently. And I'd even imagine like even if it was Terry Jack singing it to me, <laughs> who I didn't really know. I honestly didn't know. It still it gave me such a yucky feeling inside, and it does to this day. It's to this it was, day. It was a scary song for me. Um, cause I didn't
2: understand and I, I have a distinct memory of when I learned what that song was about and my mom was in the bathtub and I just like set up camp in the bathroom with her, like, Linda, please just tell me what, what does this mean? And that's mm-hmm. where I learned about suicide, which of course, and I, I'm sure she was trying to be, um, gentle with me, but my memory of her is that she was just like, blip. Which I guess is a very
0: seventies way for a parent to explain really difficult things. Just bleep. well, they actually uh, Terry so it's it started as a Belgian song and it was translated into English in nineteen sixty-three by the poet um, and singer Rod McEwen. And if you listen to his recording, it sounds very similar, but he's tra- he's the one who translated it. So he'll say like adieu, and he doesn't say Michelle. It's like adieu Francois. It's you know something. Mm-hmm. And then Terry Jacks came along and and his rendition was actually inspired by a friend who had leukemia and who died four months later, he says. So I don't know where the suicide... Is that an at, urban myth? Am I? Is that I don't know. That's, that's, that's... I don't know. So then it goes... So then what Terry Jacks did is he took each stanza. And so the first one is saying goodbye mm-hmm. um, to the people in his life. So the first one is his childhood friend. The second stanza is his father. And then the third one is little Michelle. Oh, and they don't know Michelle. if Michelle was a daughter or a niece or just a little girl in Texas who would cry every time she would hear yes. it. Um, oh yes. Okay. But then another fun fact is you guys in middle school, we had to sing it in choir. Oh, God. I that's stood on terrible. The risers, I stood on the risers and I mouthed the whole thing. My
2: second song is a good example of a song that brings me back to just a moment in time. So there's a big nostalgia factor. Um, it's not happy or sad this moment in time. It's just a slice. It's just a little slice of my life. Um, It was a number one song in January of 1975, and it was originally called Brandy, but they changed the name because they were afraid it would get confused with the number one song, Brandy, you're a fine girl, what a good wife you would be. be. They changed the name to Mandy. (gasps) Oh, goosebumps. And that resulted, of course, in a lot of babies being named Mandy in 1975 and 1976. So um, the memory that I have attached to Mandy is my mom practicing the piano after bedtime. So she would put me to bed, and that's when she would practice her piano. So Mandy was one of the songs that she would play. And I have it in my brain. I have the piano version of Mandy in my brain, including the mistakes she would make. And she would play, play, play. She would make a mistake, and she'd stop and go. And then she <laughs> keep going. <laughs> and that's part of the song. Like, I can hear when Barry Manilow is singing. I can hear when my mom would stop and go, <laughs> <laughs> So when she's playing Mandy on the piano, she's not singing. There are no lyrics. So I'm responding just to this melody. And it mm-hmm. might be that melancholy thing again. Um, And I think... What is happening in this moment, because obviously this is a very neutral moment. It's not happy. It's not sad. But I think the reason I respond to it with sadness is because we're we're reacting to an opportunity to recall something that no longer exists. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And so that's kind of what nostalgia is. Any moment that happens is immediately in the past. You never get to go back. Oh God, that's so sad. And I'm crying again. I know. <laughs> And it was a really lovely way to fall asleep when you're a little girl. Oh, I love that. Isn't that lovely? And I remember my sister-in-law when she had a new baby, her first baby. And, you know, there's a, as beautiful a thing as it is when you have a baby, there's also a lot of loss. There's a loss of the things that you used to do and be. And so she had this conundrum, when do I practice my piano? You're exhausted. You you can't, you, the kid won't leave you alone. And I said to her, put her to sleep and then practice your piano after bedtime. And she was like, no, I'll wake her up. I said, yes, you will. And she'll have this lovely memory of all the songs her mom used to play after bedtime.
0: Kristen, does your mom know this story? No, I don't think so. She Kristen, to- you have to tell her. That's, that's I so touching and that will make her so happy. Especially it, if you've thrown her under the bus. Out all the Christmas <laughs> for, the, for the knockoff Chrissy doll.
2: Um, I think one of the ironies here is that probably one of the reasons she practiced after bedtime is because she didn't want to practice in front of people. She didn't want people to hear yeah. her. Little did she know that I was all snug in my bed listening to every mistake she made during Mandy. It was like your lullaby. It was. They were total lullabies. Absolutely.
1: So, Kristen, I'm going to have to ride your coattails on that experience of choosing this song because of the feelings uh, I get when I hear it. So, uh, my song is Sometimes When We Touch by Dan Hill. It was, hit, hit number three was The Highest It Ever Went on Billboard, and that was in March of 1977, so the spring of my seventh grade year, which was also when I started to go to some boy girl parties and that song had to have been playing when um, we were waiting to see who we were going to spend seven minutes in the closet with. (laughs) And while I wanted nothing more than to be in, well, first of all, Michelle, do you know what seven minutes in the closet is?
0: Why are you asking me if I know
2: what seven <laughs> minutes in the closet the first is? Because of Kristen did. Because she I'm was right, boring around in the closet. Your face
1: looked a little bit like, what is she talking about?
0: And- no. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, okay, no, but- I never spent seven minutes in the closet no. with anyone well, in middle school. But for- yes, yeah, I know what it is. You <laughs> spent
1: 14 minutes in the closet.
0: <laughs> I thought it was two minutes in the closet. Yeah. Damn. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. <laughs> I, also check that. Also, I thought it was called seven minutes in heaven. Oh, okay. Two minutes oh. in the closet, seven minutes
2: in heaven. Well, seven minutes <laughs> in, in heaven, heaven, but you went to the closet. Yes, for day. Day. Yeah.
1: Okay. Anyway, it was waiting to find out who you're going to the closet with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And while I so much wanted to be at these parties, like to be, have been left out of the invite list would have been horrible. The thought of going in the closet was like the last thing I wanted to do. So there's this sense of just foreboding in me when I hear that song, like this thing is going to happen that I don't really want to happen. And then as I was actually doing the homework for this, I realized that the spring of my seventh grade year was also when I found out we were going to be moving from Houston to New Jersey. And when you find out you're moving from Texas to New Jersey between seventh and eighth grade, I mean, oh. So that That's whole bad. spring, everything had this um, tint of you're moving this summer. Like this is your last everything with these friends. Um, you're going to this godforsaken. No, I, I love New Jersey. And it was really sad when I had to move out of it, <laughs> just for all our New Jersey <laughs> nice listeners. Bad. But when you're in seventh grade and you find that out. So that song, I'm sure it was on the radio when we were in the car and just that whole spring it's just this awful sense of foreboding that I get, like something's right around the corner. Like, I know what it is. It hasn't happened yet, but it's waiting for me and it's not good. Um, mm-hmm. So, that, yeah. So, it was the closet with Scott Schaefer. Oh, gosh, and he was like two feet shorter than I oh, was.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I hope he's not listening. He's listening. Um, we're sure you're a very tall man, Scott Schaefer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and yeah and um and moving that was just really hard so that song just that's why that brings up that feeling to me that is a
2: very that's a that's a middle school sandwich right there um when you talk about the things in middle school that make a person unsteady on their feet and worried Because everything is unknown. What's going to happen in the closet, that is unknown. What's going to happen when you leave what is familiar, that is unknown. What's going to happen in this place that you have to go at this time when you don't know who you are or what you're supposed to be doing or how to do do it? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: That's tough stuff, Carolyn. So that's a very triggering song for you, Carolyn. yeah. Very Mm -hmm. triggering. And just Mm -hmm. talk
1: about a lump in your throat and just this, it just, it overcomes me. I mean, I feel it Mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note.
0: Okay. I will move on to number three. So mine is not, um, I have, I don't have one that's, um, that is like you guys as mine is actually just a really sad song. And um, so my number two pick is um, Wildfire by Michael Martin Murphy. And it's a song that to this day, if that song comes on a Spotify playlist or the radio or you guys, I will shut that shit down so fast. I like cannot get my fingers to something like that piano at the beginning that comes in. And if I'm in like a store and I hear it, I'll just run. I'll just <laughs> run away. Run away. I that song, I don't know what it is. Is it it's The Girl and the Horse and the Blizzard. And it's the running and the calling over and over again. The calling. Oh, God, the calling. calling And then someone dies one winter. And I don't even know if it's the horse or the girl because I've never (laughs) even wanted to go on a deep dive of the lyrics to figure out. I think it's the girl, but it could be the horse. I don't know. And either way, it's terrible. And they're calling wildfire (laughs) over and over again. And you guys... Just listen. So, a couple of days ago, I actually listened to the opening piano. That sometimes on the radio they'll cut that off, and they—that's the part that is. Just listen to the opening piano m- melody of, or what do you call it? Like the opening of a song, the opener? I call it the opening. <laughs> okay, the song Thank opening. You. Thank you. Um. So yeah, it's just it just fills me with just sadness and. I remember it's uh, a song was in 1975 and I remember it being played on the radio a lot. And I just remember feeling like this horse is going to die and it's sad and there's, you know, someone's freezing to death and I don't know who it is. And it's, it's the story, but it's also, I think just the melancholy, you know, the, the, the melody of it. So I watched an interview yesterday with Michael Martin Murphy and it was only from like last year. And he says that the entirety of that song came to him in a dream. And to this day, he still doesn't totally understand what the song is about. So I have to wonder what kind of dream that was. Like what preceded that dream, Michael Martin Murphy, right? Mm -hmm. So he thinks it was a legend. Like he used to, his grandfather was a big storyteller. And there was this Indian, this Native American legend of, 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 a ghost horse and the horses represented freedom because they could just run and run. And so he he knows of this legend that he had heard as a boy. And then he had this dream. And so he thinks he kind of tied it all together and um, woke up and wrote the song.
1: But you were saying, and I was thinking about this with some other songs um, that'll come up on our other list, but there are just some chords in music and some, you know, progressions of different notes, I guess, that just lend themselves to, they don't even have to have words. They just are sad. You just feel that. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, right. and that's, I think, one of those. There are just some ways that he weaves those notes together that you don't even have to have words. You just know this is heartbreaking.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think wildfire is definitely one. Well, as, as, as Seasons in the Sun and some of the other ones we've either already mentioned or we're about to mention, there's definitely a handful that, mm-hmm elicit that just instant emotional response mm-hmm.
2: i asked permission to have a bonus song oh, yes i'm so excited for I'm, this i'm yeah, cheating I know, we don't know this story the song is sarah smile by Holland Oates, oh, okay. which is a beautiful song and i've always loved the song but now when i hear the song i get all choked up and i cry and i can't sing along and i want so badly to sing along but i can't do it because i'm like "Oh, sarah smile um Okay, so the story behind Sarah Smile is that Sarah is an actual person. Sarah is the woman that Daryl Hall was in love with, and she had no time for him. She was not interested. So he writes her this song, Sarah Smile. And when she hears the song, she's like, I'm in. This is it. Apparently, we're soulmates, and that begins this beautiful relationship that is decades long. Decades long, they never get married, but they are together for decades. <gasps> And her sister, Sarah Smile's sister, becomes their songwriting partner. And so Daryl Hall, John Oates, Sarah Smile, and Sarah Smile's sister become this little quartet of people. It's like this happy little commune. And this is when they just take off in the 80s, right? And they're topping the charts every single day. Then Sarah Smile's sister gets cancer. Oh, no. And she dies. (sighs) Oh. And they're so destroyed. They're so destroyed by her death that their relationship doesn't survive. This decades-long relationship doesn't survive. So they interview Sarah Smile in the special. And she's crying. She's still clearly very much in love with him. And she said, the difficulty with Sarah Smile is that it's everywhere. And I hear it. She said, I'll be in the grocery store. Sarah Smile will come on overhead. She she said, I'll have a whole grocery cart full of groceries, and I'll have to leave it in the aisle and go. Oh, Oh, my goodness. And this Mm -hmm. is Sarah Smile at, like, 55 years old or something like that.
0: That's way more of a good reason to leave a store than me hearing wildfire. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: know, right? Yes. When you hear the grocery store song and you're like, I can't.
1: Speaking of grocery stores, and a song that I know will come up in lists, and I was thinking about using it, was um, Same Old Lang Syne by uh, Dan Fogelberg, because, you know, he meets his old lover in the grocery store. And I found this YouTube clip of this man on the street who was standing out front of the actual grocery, or the little market in Peoria, Illinois, where this truly happened. Um, Dan was home in Peoria, and it was Christmas Eve. And no stores were open. And his family needed uh, whipped cream for something. And a girl he dated in high school and kind of in college also had to go pick up something at the grocery store. And this was the only place open because it was Christmas Eve. And he did run into his old lover there. And they're like, well, let's have a beer. But there weren't any bars open and everything because it was Christmas Eve. So they did sit in the car. And they had that kind of a dialogue. Mm -hmm well he kept her name like he just said it was no it wasn't really a true story but she knew all along it was about her because she knew that it happened at Um. that little grocery store in peoria and so this man in the youtube thing is standing outside with a microphone and like this is the grocery store it happened in and so after dan folgeberg sadly died from cancer much too young um, she came forward and said i was the woman in the story and she was no longer married to the He wasn't an architect. He was actually a PE teacher in Peoria. But they were since divorced. (laughs) So she felt okay saying that that, you know, happened and that that song was about.
2: So (sighs) he was protecting her by saying it wasn't biographical because she was married to the architect
0: slash (sighs) PE teacher. Uh, You guys, this is like so heavy. And I think we can all agree that although the beauty of music is that it's hugely connective And a collective experience, I mean, look how emotional we've all gotten, Mm -hmm. right, (laughs) already. Um, It's also a highly personal thing. And while a lot of these songs make us cry for obvious reasons, there's also some that make us feel empty and hollow inside for reasons we can't explain, like we've been talking about. Um, And sometimes there's songs that are actually happy songs that make other people sad. And you, never, you don't even know why. Maybe it's a melody or maybe just a melancholy riff in the middle. Maybe you were listening to it when something terrible happened that you've buried deep down in your subconscious. <laughs> Who knows? Right.
2: Like when Neil Miller told me that he didn't like me and I went home and I listened to Truly by Not Lionel Richie 11 times in a row.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. well you remember that one i'm always worried that some of these songs make me sad for something that's going to like come out in therapy one day oh I'm god like, oh shit <laughs> you know, I, that must have been playing when this happened to me um okay so we're gonna have fun with this and we're gonna play a little lightning round game where we each can just say the name of a song that always brings us to tears or makes us feel sad for some reason maybe obvious or maybe we can't explain it and you only get like 10 seconds to explain yourself if you feel like you need to. Okay. 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 You guys ready?
1: Okay. Here I go. Don't give up on us.
0: <gasps> yes. You light up my life. Oh. Theme from Ice Castles through the eyes of love. Oh, God. <laughs> oh god okay i
2: have to tell you that i watched ice you're breaking the rules already i'm sorry oh god okay can i okay never mind yeah no go ahead okay i watched ice castles for the first time in 40 years um recently and the movie starts and you just hear the ding ding and i cried
0: like it was like two piano i can name that tune in two notes two notes i started crying I actually have that on about five different Spotify playlists just because that's a good cry for me. That's not one like, you know, Seasons in the Sun for some yeah. reason, because I love that movie so much. Okay. We've already broken okay. all our rules, you guys. Sorry. Right, you. Carolyn. Okay.
1: Um, have you never been mellow? Which, by the way, what? I'm going to add to it. Oh, that's Olivia Newton-John. Oh, have yeah. you like- never oh. been mellow? Oh, and oh I went to hear it and um, on YouTube, I called it up and she was singing it on Midnight Special. Do you remember that show? Yes. No, not special shine. your ever loving light on me. It was on like Friday night <laughs> at midnight and it was, it was like a solid goldish kind of show, but it was called midnight special.
2: Is that okay. one with Wolfman Jack?
0: I, yes, I think <gasps> so. my God. Wolfman Jack, you just totally brought back a memory that's been buried deep. See? Now I'm worried something happened with Wolfman Jack. Okay, Kristen, your turn. Okay.
2: And also, Have You Never Been Mellow was also one of my mom's piano songs that she practiced. So that is one that brings a little tear to my eye. Okay. Okay. uh, My next one Mm -hmm. is Tie a Yellow Ribbon. (gasps) Mm -hmm. And this is the part where I can't even speak. Now the whole damn bus is cheering. And I can't believe I see a hundred yellow
0: friends. Here's mine. Don't give up on us, baby. <laughs>
2: That's what Carolyn just said. <laughs> Did you just say it? Yes.
0: my very first one. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. Remember, we're Gen X women. We, just, yes. we have issues. You okay. know what, you guys? I am officially in menopause. So I'm going to just cross <laughs> that one out and move on to my next one. Um, which is I Just Fall in Love Again, Anne Murray. Oh, that's that a good, good
1: one. one. I like that. How about We May Never Pass This Way Again?
2: Oh, seals good. and Crofts. Oh,
1: anything Seals and Crofts. I can yeah,
2: like hear sure. it in my head, but I can't sing it. Um, Superstar by The Carpenters.
0: Don't you remember you told me you loved me, baby? Uh, okay, um... <laughs> I have to have a little tiny story on this one. After the Lovin' by Engelbert Humperdinck, And this is going to sound real disturbing, but the reason it's on my list of songs that are melancholy is because my dad and I used to sing it together. And I know that's terribly inappropriate song for you and your dad to sing together. But listen, let me just tell you why. I only got to see my dad a couple times a year and I lost him when I was 10. And he liked to um, think of himself as, um, as a really good singer. And so when we would be driving, he would pick us up from like my mom's house or our aunt's house. And we would drive back to his little um, town in Texas and he would sing this song. And I would stand, I would be in the back seat, but you know, this is in the early seventies, so no seat belts. And I would be standing up, you know, with my arms over the bench seat and he would sing and I was the background singer. So it was like, I would do the after the love, <laughs> you know, he'd be like, and I brushed back the hair from your, after, you know, and I was doing all the background singing. So that's just like a really, like when I, you never hear that song. Like I will, ha- I will have to like call it up on Spotify and I just get such like a, a sad, um, that's definitely like a nostalgic feeling. I'm so, sure. yeah.
1: that's adorable. That is adorable. Oh, yes, and that name, Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> I mean, come on, Whew, that's crazy. All right, um, Night Fever by the Bee Gees. Why that goes, well? That goes along with that. Similar to my um, the story I shared that that was number one. Those songs for forever. When I found out I was moving. And so oh. that's just such the soundtrack of the spring of my seventh grade year. And it will, that really, that whole soundtrack will always be tainted. Is that is what I want to say? Yeah, with just yeah. like mm-hmm. um, this gray with
2: melancholy.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. that's why. So that was my song.
2: Okay, my next one is Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. And actually, I have a reverse moving story because that was popular when I moved to Minnesota. And we landed in this place that was really awesome. And so all the songs that were swirling around at that time was like, look at the tall trees and all these friends and neighbors were welcoming us here. And it's a really happy thing.
0: Okay, my next one is Somewhere Down the Road, Barry Manilow. Somewhere down the road. Oh, but anyway, somewhere down the road, they're all Barry Manilow, like, right, get you. But for some reason, it's the tune of when he goes like, I know that heart of yours will come to see that you mm-hmm. belong. Oh, Barry. I'm going to listen to it right after this. Um, I went to
2: a Barry Manilow concert and I cried the whole time. Okay, my next one, Edelweiss.
0: Really? Oh, oh my God. Scary. That is, oh, because oh. you know what? I can just right now, I can hear the guitar strumming With Georg on the stage and their
2: Nazis are going to take him and he knows this is the last time he's going to be in Austria because he has to take the children over the Alps by foot. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's the last. They all sing Edelweiss together and then when his voice cracks, he goes, "Eh?" (laughs) (laughs) and then Julie Andrews comes and helps him because she knows he can't sing. I am Georg. Oh. (laughs) (laughs)
0: good one that was
1: a good one yeah Uh,
0: my my next one doesn't have any um i can't even explain it so we're going to just move on but for me the opening riff of dancing queen makes me get covered in goosebumps and i get tears in my eyes every time i hear it i just
2: got goosebumps right now just from her little rendition (laughs)
1: wow
0: i i'm more powerful than i thought
1: (laughs) okay um this is like uh a deep sadness and fear. Uh, hotel California.
0: Oh mm-hmm. fear!
2: My fear. Ooh.
1: Can you you check? You go into a hotel and you can't ever leave.
2: Yeah, that is scary. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! That I mean, scary.
1: yeah, right there.
2: Yeah. Okay, I it. have. Um, I think I have the number one sad song. I can't believe that nobody mentioned it. Nobody has mentioned it on Instagram. this oh. is the number one sad song that makes everybody cry. Landslide. Oh, yes, um, it would Mac
0: totally that is, cry. That, yeah.
2: I have some personal stories about landslide that I won't share with you, but when I did see Fleetwood Mac in concert recently, the lights dimmed down and Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham came to the front and sat down on chairs and I started to cry. They hadn't even started the song. This <laughs> <laughs> When they sat down in the chairs, I'm like, oh my God, they're going to do landslide.
0: <laughs> my next one is I Need to Be in Love, The Carpenters. And that's just, that just oh. goes right to this. I, she said, I'm not going to sing it, but she says, I know I need to be in love. I know I've wasted too much time. I know I asked perfection of a quite imperfect world. I'm fool oh. enough to think that's what I'll find. Karen. Poor girl, right? Oh, like, come on, look hurts. at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself oh. you're good enough. And the, Yeah, the layers
1: upon layers, you <sighs> know the rest of the story. That's one of my favorite
0: carpenters. And I think it's, it's, I mean, the the lyrics are so, so heartbreaking, but I love the tune of that song. Yeah. I love to sing. Oh, man. I sing to that song too. (laughs) Do I sing to that song? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it fun to just sing to the carpenters in the car by yourself? I love to. By
1: myself. Yeah. Because otherwise my family is mean to me. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe nobody said this online. I don't think they did. Or here. And this was the first song I think I knew every single word to. And it is Billy Don't Be a Hero.
2: <gasps> Billy Don't Be a Hero. hero. Na, 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 na. I can't even remember what the words are. Okay, am so, I cut off now?
0: Uh, mm-hmm. We can. You can do one more and I'll do one okay. more. I have, I'm going to do one more.
2: more and you guys are going to be like, what? Hot Lunch Jam from the Fame soundtrack. Why is it's, that a sound? I used to have a lot of dance fantasies. Yeah. <laughs> This is the this is the song where they're in the cafeteria and they, and everyone's dancing on tables and stuff and I was just like, is that what high school is going to be like? Are we going to dance on tables? I want that so badly. And even now, I can like I hear Hot Lunch Jam and I want to get on the table and start like dancing in my leotard and my leg warmers and it's such joy that I want to cry.
0: Aw, yeah, that's sweet. My last one is Goodbye Girl. Um, by David Gates.
2: Oh, owie. Like the yes. thing, you know,
0: like to the movie. Yeah. Such a great movie too.
2: It is such a good movie.
0: We
1: need to revisit some of those.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So we asked our friends on Instagram to play the same game that we just did. And, damn did they deliver and they gave us some great ones so here is a list of the songs when people when we asked them what their favorite sad songs were here's the list that they gave us everybody ready okay superstar don't you remember you told me love baby okay puff the magic dragon i could have time in a bottle the rose alone again naturally oh god the way we were let it be your song Yesterday, this one's for you wherever you are, because you, you light up my life. Oh, somebody. Yeah, lots of wildfire, seasons in the sun, the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Run, Joey, run, Joey, run. If by bread. There was a lot of bread, actually. Um, that was another song that my mom practiced on the piano. Um, Why are there so many songs about rainbows? Bridge over troubled water. Oh, this one. I don't even know if I can do it. Run to me whenever you. Oh, God, I can By the Bee Gees. Run to me by the Bee Gees. That um, telephone line by ELO. Send in the clowns. Daniel, my brother, you are older than me. Which I always thought was so funny. Like, it's such a declarative sentence. You are older than me. Um, (laughs) Is it okay if I call you mine? That's from the Fame soundtrack. That's from Carolyn. Carolyn, I see you and I raise you a hot lunch jam. (laughs) <laughs> um, How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. Sunshine on my shoulders. One Day in Your Life by my- Michael Jackson. And Michelle says it's okay because it's young Michael Jackson. We will someday have a discussion about, my- about Michael Jackson because we are all on different pages about that. Um, Same Old Lang Syne, which Carolyn referenced. Imagine by John Lennon. Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Time After Time by Cyndi Lauper. Puppy Love by Donny Rock Rockin' Mountain High by John Denver. Everything I own by Bread. Ouch, honey. Bobby Goldsboro, Amblin, Sean Cassidy, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. If you lived in Minnesota in 1975, that song scared the shit out of you. <laughs> um, leader of the Band by Dan Fogelberg, which you know is about his dad. So let's just start crying right now. I made it through the rain by Barry Manilow. Operator by Jim Croce, oh, and What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong.
1: Oh.
0: So sweet. And scene. I love that. That was fantastic. We're not cutting any of that. No, that was so good. We are going to curate
1: all of those um, onto a playlist that you'll be able to find on Spotify. And we'll put that
0: in the show notes. So check that's that gonna out. Be, that's going to be awesome. Okay, you guys, before we leave, we cannot forget perhaps the most disturbing and horrifying, horrifyingly tragic song that perhaps trumps them all. It's the saga of Joey and poor Julie. It's when Julie calls Joey up and pleads him to run because her abusive daddy is angry at him and he's got a gun. (laughs) And, of course, Joey does run straight to Julie. And just as daddy pulls his gun out to shoot Joey for crimes we will never know, Julie steps in front of the gun as he shoots and leaves Joey holding her bloody body as she reminds us yet again with her last dying gasps, oh. <laughs> that it's not Joey's fault and that they were gonna get married. Just oh. you wait and see. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, You guys, it was <laughs> awful. It disturbed me to
2: my core. And it was the way her voice was. We're gonna get, get married.
0: married. <laughs> and they oh, played that t- on the fucking radio. All the time and it was just all the, And it goes back and forth Between her voice and his voice Daddy please don't It wasn't his fault He means so So much much to me." me We play this for our adult kids Like just this past summer For the first time We were out sitting around the bonfire And you should have seen, like the looks on their face, like the. F- I'm having me e, right, but they were like so, like, are you? What was going on in your childhoods for this song to be popular? That's that you know? okay?
2: That is not okay. I know. Uh, I think that is a wrap, uh, guys. Julie and Joey are going to get the last word, closing out this episode with real melodramatic flair.
1: But before we leave you all, we want to ask one favor, please. If you could leave us a review, a rating and subscribe to our podcast, we would be ever so grateful because, you know, when you're starting out, you need a little love and support and we are so appreciative of yours. So please subscribe.
0: Yeah. Thanks, you guys. And we hope you're following along on social media. We're having so much fun sharing memories with all of you, especially on our Instagram page. Just search Pop Culture Preservation Society and make sure to check out our website at poppreservationists.com to learn more about us and get access to all our previous episodes. Speaking of episodes,
1: our next one, we will be saving the heartbreak and hilarity of our first celebrity crushes. So be sure and listen then.
2: In the meantime, let's raise a glass for a toast. Courtesy of Janet, Chrissy, and Jack Tripper.
0: Two good times. Two happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.
2: We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song